I'd like to call this meeting of the City of Blue Ash Council to order for oh, September 14th, 2023. Can we all please rise and say the Pledge of Allegiance together? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. One nation. Thank you. Jamie, will you please call the roll? Councilman Jeff Capel Here. Councilwoman Jill Cole. Here. Councilman Lee Zerwanka. Here. Councilman Brian Gath. Vice Mayor Pramod Javeri. Here. Councilwoman Katie Schneider. Here. Mayor Mark Serkin. Here. I'd like to make a motion to excuse Councilman Gath. Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. And I hope he feels better. Do I have a motion to accept tonight's agenda? So move. So All in favor? Aye. 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 Great. We have the Beautification Award presentations first. I'm going to turn this over to Councilman Zerwanka. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, the Beautification Award judging process took place in June with the city receiving 46 residential property no nominations. All properties nominated for an award were judged by the committee. Examples of the judging criteria included general maintenance, garden variety, use of color, and overall appearance. Uh, this year's beautification winners are invited to tonight's meeting. Uh, and we'll go ahead if you want to step on down. We're going to start with the uh, committee's choice awards. And the first one is Ted and Kathy Nagel of 17 Hickory Hollow. Come on up. David Kaufman's here. Okay. Did you see him in the back? I didn't see him. Oh my god, we're having a reunion from Water Hills, class of 80 right now. <laughs> Next up, Rob and Melissa Wallace from 5575 Myradale Drive. Next, Christian and Tom McLean from 5250 Don Joy Drive. Thank you. Campview Hills. <laughs> Good to have a fan club. <laughs> For the mayor's choice, we have Dave and Christy Kaufman from 5500 Meyerdale Drive. I, I have to make a little comment about this one because this one really irritated me. So I started the process. There's like 30, 40 houses. I went through all the houses, but I started in the middle and I got to his house pretty much last. And as soon as I, I pulled up, 
I got really irritated because it was perfect. Every <laughs> blade of grass was perfect. Every bush, and it was just trimmed beautifully. The flowers were vibrant. The, the, the pots were gorgeous. I mean, it was, looked like the, they had just done the mulch 15 minutes ago. And it really bothered me because David and I have known each other for 48 years. We've been friends for 48 years, and I've been friends with his wife for about 43 years. And I've never said anything nice to him in all the time <laughs> that we've been friends. And here I have to, with my heart, I had to give his, him and his wife this award. And it just, it pains me because now I have to wait till like <laughs> 2081 before I say anything nice to him again. So, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> So this is the only reason I moved to Blue Ash, by the way. Yeah, he's a new resident of the last few years, too, which, again, makes me even more irritated. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Let's give them all a round of applause. They set the example for the whole city. Thank you. Give them a round of applause. That's all I am, Mayor. Thank you. Uh, Jamie, will you please read Ordinance 2023-07 by title only? Approving a concept planned unit development for 10.9 acres of land at 4300 Glendale Milford Road. Okay, please humor me for just a second. We have three public hearings tonight, uh, two of which are PUDs, which are planned unit developments. They are ordinances and we will not be voting on them tonight. Um, the residential development on Decima and the car condominium submission will not be voted on tonight. Tonight is the first night the council has seen these submissions uh, as a body, and it's our duty to hear property owners' applications and consider the merits. Uh, the way the public hearing works is that the applicant will present their project, the public in Blue Ash gets the first shot to make comments about the public, the comment, the project, and then we will have a chance to close the public portion. Council will be able to put their input and ask some questions. There's likely not going to be any deliberations tonight. We get a couple weeks to think about it and ask more questions and get more information. And then we'll close the council portion and move on to the next item on the agenda. So with that, we're going to turn this over to whoever's presenting for Ordinance 2023, which is a PUD for the 10.9 acres at 4300 Glendale Milford Road. Chris DeBrosi is presenting. Hi, for Good doing? evening. How are you? How everybody's doing? Mayor, Vice Mayor, members of council, greatly appreciate your time this evening. I almost forgot, I just left the, the Montgomery, City of Montgomery 2024 budget here. You can have my Montgomery pin off, but I, I took it off when I walked through the doors, just for well, the record. Well, you, I'll give you a bluish one. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll wear it. Perfect. Well, yeah, again, I appreciate your time this evening. So um, what we're here for is uh, for some property we own on Glendale Milford Road. It's, make sure you're in the mic. Okay, yeah. the property we own on Glen, at 4300 Glendale Milford Road. So I've got a PowerPoint that kind of runs through everything here today. Same PowerPoint for those members who are actually at the Planning Commission meeting, same PowerPoint I ran through there. So I'll, I'll start with that. Quick agenda, a team introduction that I'll go through 
I think it's important to understand our company's investment in Blue S, which is substantial, just to mean it's that we're, we're going to be here and we're going to be here for a long time. We're not going anywhere. Then I'll go into why Blue Ash and this particular site is ideal for our proposed use. We'll then get into the site itself, talk about the overview of the site and surroundings, and more just as important, the surrounding neighborhoods. Very important to that. We'll get into our proposed concept drawings, and then we'll go through a Q&A at the end of that. As far as our team, uh, we have two team members here along with myself. We have Cleet Bank, and I think you guys have worked on plenty of work in Blue Ash, you know Cleet, and then Rob Painter is our civil engineer who's here this evening, if any of those questions may came, come up from that perspective. So with that, we'll move right through it. So real quick, as a company in our properties, we have about 1.2 million square feet of property in Blue Ash. As you can see, we have about 524 of office and about 675 of industrial. Total value about $100 million. Again, we bought a lot of this in the past 12 years during the downturn and invested millions of dollars and continue to do so for the tenants and the businesses here in Blue Ash. So Blue Ash is important to us. <laughs> Being tenants here and earnings tax is important to you guys. So we have a great working relationship with Dan Johnson and Mr. David, Mr. Waltz. So I just want to tell you it's important that uh, we bring that we are here to stay in Blue Ash. Some of the buildings, obviously, Fountain Point, we've invested throughout the Vista project, the, the lower left and the middle right. Um, <clears throat> then we have our North Mark, BACC. So the building on the lower left, the land we have, that is the building that sits almost on Glendale Milford, right across from Summit Park. The land we're talking about sits behind that building. So I just wanted to put it in context for you guys, what the building is out at the street. And the lower right is the Remington buildings, which we've painted substantially over the past few years. So anyway, that's us. That's our ownership in Blue Ash. So move right along, the Torque Club. So what this is, is what we found, and we're doing, actually doing this in several other states, um, Tennessee, Florida. It's a product where car enthusiasts can come together. Because today, they either have their muscle cars or they may have their Lamborghinis. They're all keeping in their home, but they're car enthusiasts. They don't have a place to gather as a group and really build an automotive community. So um, there's a few of these down in Florida. Not, there's a few in Ohio, nothing in the Cincinnati area. And there's some of them in Indianapolis as well. And you can go out and just Google the concept, and you'll see concept after concept. And it's really about building a community for these auto enthusiasts. That's, that's the bottom line behind this. So why do we think this is the right location for that? That's, that's the question why we're here this evening. Number one, you look at the demographics in the 15-minute drive period. You know, we look for a certain amount of net worth, a certain amount of income. The 15-minute drive period is very strong, can support, and from our perspective, many more units than actually this site can. So we're looking through others um, in the area. Another thing is um, they have limited venues, as I said a minute ago, right? They can't come and gather. Now, there's numerous car shows throughout the communities, right? Those are one-offs. This is a place where people come at a time, to, time and time again. So that's another thing behind it. And honestly, we think it's a pretty good sell with all the office. You see how much office we have. So we have a lot of contact with business owners, the executives, the CEOs that run those businesses, some of which are car enthusiasts. So for us, we're going to use it as both to sell our car condos, but also it's an amenity for them as they're looking at office space. Can, will, they, will that help them draw to Blue Ash because we have this product there? We believe it is. Um, there's also something that um, people, entrepreneurs with these car collections actually run their businesses. Most of them are sole proprietors, right? But they'll actually use it as their office as well. They're creating this space. Um, and they'll actually use the loft areas for their offices. We have several examples of that. Not everyone's going to be like that, okay? But there's an instance where they actually will work out of there as well. Um, again, not everybody goes to a country club. Not everybody plays golf, pickleball, tennis. People have car collections. They love cars. They want a place to gather. 
and we want to be the first in Cincinnati to offer this to them. Um, and you guys have, most of you I assume know, two of the greatest car collections probably <laughs> in the United States, one of them for sure located right here in Blue Ash. Um, I'm not sure the exact value of it, but some of the most amazing cars. So you have some of that here already, it's, and they do have open houses every once in a while. But again, we want to bring these people out together and really show off what it has to offer. So we're really just complimenting what's already there, right? And this isn't just a private club. We will have car shows, and I'll show you a couple other pictures of what people actually use their car condos for. Um, and again, we look at it as a way it's, it's going to support. I know Summit Park's great. You have a great support there, but the people we're going to bring are going to use that as well. So just bring more people to that. And you know, and I, I put this last one on there. If you have all these existing car, great car collections, can we have a nationally recognized car show at Summit? I just throw it on the table. I just like, I like to think big, think long term, and just something in my mind that's I had to put on paper. So that's kind of the reasons we believe this site is right for our product. So going through it real quick, here's a sampling of the different products that exist around the country today. Again, we'll have a main entry feature at the very front. And again, aesthetics, aesthetics as I state there, are very important. So we gotta match the aesthetics to the site. We're not fully designed yet. That'll be the next day phase, and we'll take that when we go to planning commission again, that piece of it. But these are some of the ones that happen. Again, you gotta, the scale has to be right for the site. I think we'll prove that this evening. Um, again, they're about 18 foot clear, so they actually could have a mezzanine in there for about a third of the space where they, they will have their office space or a gathering area, TVs, things like that. Um, and again, the whole concept, and when you see the site plans, you look at the lower right, the whole idea is to bring people together, not for people to stay in their actual condos, get your cars out, mingle with your neighbors, and build that community that happens. It happens in other venues, and it ha in the examples we've seen for this, it happens throughout the country. Here's just give you a feel. Every, it's like any other condo. People customize it to their particular taste. These are a couple examples we've seen, right? So I talked, if you look at the left-hand picture, you have the messing up top, people mingling. And the lower right, obviously, is uh, put a lot of time, and he has a, a lot of different kind of cars sitting there, right? But you see design. They, everybody's taste is different. So they will, the interior will be designed to their particular taste. Ours is gonna basically be a white box, like we do with our office space. Then each tenant can come in and customize to their particular taste. Couple other examples, you know, people have birthday parties there and the, the, you know, the upper, the right there is, is what I was talking about. There will, this will be, there'll be car shows open to the public. We're actually, we'll program this so that does happen. That's part of the community building when you bring people from the inside together as well as people from the outside together. It's community building from Blue Ash in my mind. <clears throat> With that, I am gonna uh, turn it over to Cleet so he can, he helped me master plan the site, talk about the surrounding communities and kind of answer some questions from that perspective. So Cleet. Thank you, Chris. <clears throat> uh, good evening. Um, my name's Cleet Benkin, a landscape architect and planner with KZF Design. Um, the, Chris is showing on the slide the, the context and um, one of the reasons that um, this is important, obviously, is it's in a built-out area. So you've got um, residential uh, to the west. Um, you've got the park to the south. You've got an office environment there. Um, and, and so um, probably a lot of people uh, are wondering why we're not proposing or showing an office development there. Uh, one of the reasons, primary reason, is it's just so far off the street uh, it's 1,200 feet off the street, off of Glendale Milford Road, 
to the site. Uh, Dan and Chris um, have been marketing this property for 20 years, uh, trying to find an office tenant for the site. I think it's important to bring that context to this. Um, at a time when um, office is a tough sell in the real estate market, um, uh, Nair was looking for um, development um, models that would uh, contribute to the vitality of the office that you have and help you recruit. Now, how do we do that in a way that's sensitive to what's already here? How do we do it in a way that um, helps um, your prospects for the office to remain strong in Blue Ash? Um, we do it in a way that is complementary. Um, Chris already talked about the, the kind of the social and cultural advantages. Um, when I, as a land planner, what we look at are things that address, we try and put ourselves in the shoes of the people that live nearby or that have an investment nearby. And so if I were fortunate enough to own one of the houses that were recently built in the reserve at Summit Park, I'm certain I would be concerned about visibility of this site. Um, what do you, what, what's happening with um, you know, my vista and my view? Um, so some of the photos that you'll see here show the context. And so I'm gonna see if I can Oh, good, it works. Um, so here's a shot, number one. This is a photo from uh, the intersection of uh, the Retreat Drive and Summit Cove. And it's looking up into this open space that's here today. You can see there's a, a drainage swale that runs through there. Um, but there are a fairly large wooded area back behind these homes. And many of these homes, um, uh, if not all, <coughs> have a privacy fence at the rear of them. Um, I'm not sure the consistency of the height back there, but, but we recognize that there is a strong buffer there today. And so one of, the, one of the principles that we work with is trying to maintain that buffer, trying to pull all the grading away from the boundary area so that we're not cutting into the trees, we're not affecting the grade in a way that would prevent the trees from being successful. So strong buffering is really important. Um, another aspect of this is who are our other neighbors? Well, the other neighbors, um, are the rear of office properties. Um, over here, near bullets four and five on the slide, you'll see that um, our neighbor is a parking lot. Um, so we really don't have a, a neighbor uh, issue there um, because it's already a parking resource over there and not really um, creating an issue for those, for those people. Um, so I'm gonna jump away from the slides, the, the photos, and get into the details of the plan a little bit. Um, so today, uh, and actually maybe I will jump back to the slide for a minute. Um, on this photo, you can see this wood line that runs down along the, the west. You can see that there's a, a narrow wood line up against the Ohio National Guard site. Um, and there's really just lawn um, off the, the access drive coming in off of Glendale Milford Road. So the plan proposes to maintain um, 50 foot wide buffer of that existing woodland. This area right here is where there is a slight break in that woodland and there's a drainage swale that runs through there. So the concept, and Rob Painter is here to answer questions if there are any about drainage, but the concept is that there would be a surface detention basin here which would be planted with a low stature 
um, prairie or meadow similar to the meadows that were installed at Summit Park. So we're trying to be uh, good citizens, think green, um, think about the quality of the stormwater runoff that leaves the site. Um, this plan is slightly modified from the version that was sent to the Planning Commission because we've pulled it back even further, pulled the development back even further off the west property line to be able to maintain um, the trees and, and not get into the roots of them. The other thing that this plan does is there was a median that went down between this block of buildings and this block of buildings. In thinking about it after the meeting, we felt like that really wasn't gonna offer much in terms of a gathering space opportunity. As Chris pointed out and showed with the slides, most of that is happening right on the, the street, if you will, between the car condo units. So we felt like that was, um, maybe it was a better play just to eliminate the duplication of pavement that we had. So this concept actually has less hardscape, less pavement, less heat uh, signature to maintain. So it's a, it's, a, it's a better plan from an environmental standpoint. Um, we have proposed, um, even though we're really just buffering from a parking lot, we are proposing uh, some buffering to break up um, views to the buildings. Uh, they are uh, ganged together. They would be longer uh, than, than a house or maybe some smaller office building. So we're thinking about the scale of that and, um, and just trying to add some visual interest with that. So um, these uh, basins would uh, be water quality basins. Rob has designed swales uh, to either side of the street to pick up the drainage off the roofs and pavements, um, cools and, um, and filters the runoff before it gets into the, the tributary streets. Um, be happy to take any questions about that later, but I'm going to turn it over to Chris to close on the concept. Yeah, just kind of close it out. So I come out of the Planning Commission, there are really three main items they kind of put on their approval from it. So I just went ahead and put them up here on the screen, right? And we can address them right now. One is the fire department safety requirements must be met. We did get comments before our Planning Commission actually made two additions before our Planning Commission to meet fire department needs. But once we go through the planning process, we'll meet those. And just to be clear, the buildings are going to be 100% sprinkled. So just wanted to put that to bed. The HOA must prohibit residential uses, car maintenance facilities, and public-facing building operations. So because there's condos, there, are, there will be an HOA that's associated with this. So the HOA docs are going to govern that, begin, because these people will be spending hundreds of thousands on these units. We have to make sure we preserve the value to make sure those things don't happen on this facility. So that's where the HOA comes into play. And it's the third item, the parking lot between the lot and the residential use to the west must be sufficiently dense. So we actually moved the buildings 30 feet from where we had shown them and took a, a unit, some units out to get more space between us and the residential. Because of grading and being able to maintain as many of those existing mature trees as we could against the residential piece. So that was the three that came out of Planning Commission. And that's, uh, that ends our presentation this evening. Thank you, Chris. Um, okay, so we're gonna move to the public comment portion here. Now, this is just for the tour club, not for any other issue that you wanna bring forward later. Um, <laughs> if you wish to speak, please come to the microphone and state your name and address. Please keep your comments as brief as possible to allow others a chance to be heard. Uh, on hearings for citizens, we typically do three minutes maximum. If your comments, and this is really important for later, if your comments are going to be similar to previous speaker or speakers, it's much more effective to simply verbalize you agree without repeating the same exact thing. A show of hands can be a very effective way to show your support. 
at some point, if I keep hearing the same thing over and over again, I'm going to ask for a show of hands and ask, okay, if there's anybody who has something unique, please come up and talk. But if you're just going to back up your neighbors, please don't. Um, council is great at listening to you and your neighbors. Most importantly, let's treat each other calmly, with respect, and kindly. So with that, Ross. Thank you, Mayor Sirkin. <clears throat> My name is Ross Evans. I'm a resident of 4083 Retreat Drive, which is the retreat at Summit Park, and that is the residential area that was uh, showing uh, on the pictures. Um, as a, the secretary of the Homeowner Association, I'm here to speak on behalf of the Homeowner Association, as well as those residents that live on Summit Cove, which all will back up directly to this project and two houses that are on Retreat Drive uh, that will also back up to this project prior to where that swell, the swell that he talked about, flows into. So if you look at a picture of Retreat Summit, uh, the Retreat at Summit Park, you'll see we have a detention basin also that backs up to the detention basin on the area that they're gonna be building. One of our primary concerns is what impact is that gonna have on the water flow that flows through that basin into the detention basin on the east side of Retreat Drive, which then subsequently flows into a detention basin on the west side of Retreat Drive directly behind my house. When we have heavy rain, that detention basin fills up very quickly, and that, that detention basin is what keeps Sharonville from flooding. Um, we had initially, when we purchased our home five years ago, uh, had conversations with the Traditions Group about creating a retention basin. I had never seen a detention basin before, and it was explained to us that Blue Ash wouldn't allow it because they were trying to be good neighbors to Sharonville, and they didn't want the potential that Sharonville could flood. So our first and primary concern is how they're going to build with that swale and not having to potentially put in a pipe that is going to be covered over and could create issues. Our second issue is the buffer zone. And while the buffer zone looks great in the summer and does a great job, in the winter, all those leaves have fallen off the trees. And you can see right through those backyards to that open grass area, which is actually a beautiful view. Um, and most of the homeowners on Summit Cove chose their lots knowing they had a private backyard in the winter, the spring, the summer, and the fall. So there is some concern with the buffer zone and just leaving the trees that are there is not gonna be sufficient uh, to block the site of the garage condos once they're built. Uh, the third concern we have is the level of noise. Uh, the residents that live uh, in, on, on both Summit Cove and Retreat Drive enjoy a very tranquil backyard, uh, especially on the weekends. There is very little activity. There is very little car activity over there. Uh, the Air National Guard, uh, which is great. We get to see their radar tower, so we know when they're operating and where they're not. But we don't get any noise from that area. In fact, the only time we see people there are people that climb the hill to watch the fireworks uh, from the top of the hill at the Air National Guard. So those are three issues that the homeowners 
uh, of the, and, and these are, you know, I don't know if you are familiar, well, I'm sure you're familiar with the retreat at Summit Park, uh, but these are not inexpensive homes. These are homes that people have invested a lifetime worth of money into, um, and we want to make sure that they have the ability to continue enjoy enjoying the reasons they purchase their homes. Um, and, you know, on the weekends, if this car condo garage happens and they're throwing parties um, and they're revving up their cars and they're driving their cars around those lots, uh, that's going to create a nuisance uh, for the people that are backing up to that area. So we have some concern about that. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else that wants to talk about the tort club? Jim Sayuda, uh, 5761 Donjoy Drive. I just have one question. They never stated how many uh, condo garages are going to be there. Get to it. We can ask Chris. Please. Anybody else want to make a comment on this particular subject? <coughs> I don't see anything, so I'm going to close the public portion of this, and I'm going to open it up to my councilmates for any questions they would have or clarifications. The person who came next to, I have a same question, how many condos is going to be there? Number one. Number two. Are you building all at one time, or you, as you sell, you're going to start building? And then we, in this paperwork over here, this is hobby equipment. Hobby, that means what? They can put the boats or something else over there, or just a condo? Those are the three questions. OK. Um, so number of units, phase of the building, and what are they going to be storing? Could you repeat that, Chris? I could not hear. That's okay. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, so the real question is how many condo units are proposing? What is the phasing? And then what's going to be stored in the garages? Got it. So phasing-wise, it will be a two-phase project. This will be phase one. This will be phase two. Um, we'll build phase one and sell it as, as, as we, as, well, as we build, we'll sell, but we'll do it that. Each phase is about, some can double up, but let's just talk say 70 plus minus total units, about half and half. If you could see the building sizes and locations are very similar. So that's number of units and the phasing of it. And then what is stored, again, there'll be an HOA against that because again, people are spending hundreds of thousands and we have to make sure that their value is still there so the neighbor's not doing something. But we've seen cars, we've seen motorcycles, um, so there's no outside storage. I just want to be clear about that. This is all internal storage. Um, the HO, I've, I'm not going to say there's not going to be any boats in there, but again, it's all inside storage and the kind of dollars we're talking about. This is a hobby where they're going to, I'm going to say, store their expensive toys, so to speak. So it's, it's not built for the boat owner. It's built for the car enthusiast. And the kind of dollars we're talking about will kind of obviously dictate that. I think that was your three questions. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
So you said it's a total of about 70 units yeah. all in yeah. all? Yes. Um, and it, you know, I get, I'm guessing the concern about noise and hours and things like that, that can be addressed through the HOA document? That, that's correct. And who will, will you guys retain any ownership? Will you um, be the managing company or who would? Who would uh, we will, we're going to be the manager through the sales process, but then we'll have a permanent managed company, right? Because there's got to be somebody to, to manage all this, like any other condo HOA. Right. Yeah, there's going to have to be a professional company that does that. So that's, awesome. that's definitely our intent. And we, we understand the noise of so the HOA. Mm -hmm. And I actually looked through some of your guys, actually your noise ordinance to make sure we were in there. Because it's, whether it's this, it's a manufacturing or what, it, there's noise produced. So <clears throat> we can deal with the noise per your ordinance. And it is really a destination location. Like you said, it doesn't have any visibility from oh. any roads and it's, you know, it needs to have something unique. It's a destination. And again, that's why that 15 minute drive was important. Yeah, I had uh, kind of wanted to follow up on what Jill's asked. I've lived in a condo for 20 years, done a combined 11 years on my condo board, so I'm, I'm interested in, in, in learning more about that aspect of it. So regarding the Homeowners Association you're talking about, do you have some more details about how that's going to be organized and in how uh, it, you can make sure it's going to be effective in maintaining the quality of it and that it doesn't disrupt the neighbors nearby? So they are not drafted yet. We have multiple examples we have pulled around the country, and they all address particular items you were talking about, but we have, we have not drafted them yet. We wanted to get through this process, understand the concerns before we went into that piece of it. But again, two things I would say, too. You got to remember, we own the office building next door, <laughs> and that's a $15 million asset. So it, it's very important to us that these things are operated long-term in a professional manner and they hold their value for what people are paying for them. So it's not like we're selling and leaving, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, another aspect of that that I, I'd like to, you guys to, to give more thought to, and I don't know, maybe you have some answers on it, is uh, related to, let's say the past three or so years, there's, there's been a clear uptake in the number of people who think they're really cool by going around at 11.30 p.m., 12.30 a.m., and revving up their car really loud. So yeah. can, you know, can you guys, through the HOA or through any other means, do your part to make sure that people like that are not going to be welcome here, and if they do it, that they're going to be dealt with? A yes. A amen. And again, I did look at your Norris ordinance, and there are times in there, but we, that will be in the HOA as well, that piece okay. of it. Again, don't have the details yet, but we will have that. And then the, the only other thing I have is probably not, not your question, it's probably more administrative question, is re related to the flooding issues that one of the residents raised. Do, do we have anything on that now, or, or is that answer coming a little later in the process? I guess he's out for us, we will obviously have Rob Painter design it per all the standards of Hamilton County to make sure that our piece is in there. And just to be clear, too, and we're very happy that the reserve is there, by the way. Um, we actually there we had an easement all the way through the middle of that property that we actually the, the surrounding five property owners that we gave up so the reserve could be built because we knew how important that complex was, which gave us rights to that. We are not. I understand his concerns. And that's why we have Rob Painter, the site engineer, who's worked on the site for us for years to make sure that we comply and we can provide all that engineering data as such. It's just preliminary right now, but it, it, it'll meet standards. Okay, that's all I have for now. A few questions. Um, so 
with car shows and events or different things like that, I'm sure small, small events or things that can accommodate parking on the site. Uh, I know you mentioned that you own the commercial building next door, so what do you anticipate using for parking when there are larger events? And, and to that question with larger events, will there be a cap on that, on how large of an event you can have? So let me answer the first one. This, this is our existing building. This is some of the existing parking. That parking goes with this lot. We're overparked for what we need for the operation of the office building. So that is the parking space. Is there a cap on it? Um, we will have to. Um, I would say because how much physical size we have inside the space to cap it. Um, I haven't thought, how do we limit to that? I, I would say that these cars and coffees people have don't garnish large crowds, but I would say if we got to the point where it did, we would have to relocate it, maybe to the front of our parking lot or something around the building itself and not right there. That's, that's my guess. My next question, you said that you've got some of these in Florida, others in Ohio, Indiana. Um, are they yours? Yeah, so we have, this is one of our first ones, but we have okay. land under contract or bought in all those markets to do these. Okay. So yeah, the, the pictures I showed were others, other developers' product. We just wanted to learn what it, from what had been done because um, there's some, a lot of valuable lessons to be learned. And we've talked to many of them as well and visited. So, so my next question, or my question was going to be, do you have them in similar like this where there's residential around and how has that worked? But um, being your first one, then you probably can't answer that question. Um, I think that that's, that's all I have. Some others have already covered some of the same questions. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, I, the one question I had is, you said that there's these are, Miami, I think you said, is a, is a strong market for these kind of things. Did I hear that? Like Miami, Fort Myers, LA. Naples, okay. through that corridor. There's, there's one proposed in, in Miami. Actually, it's more urban, but yes. Okay. So what, what kind of things are the, at those places are the, the owners allowed to do? Are they allowed to do work on their cars, oil changes, body work? work on their engines and transmissions? I mean, what, what are they doing? Or is it just, I bring my pretty car here and I have a, a hot toddy and I just sit it with my feet up and show my car off? That's what most do. And we've been to multiple of these, Columbus, Indy, and down in Florida. I'm like, so the body work, no, we're, we can't allow that. Mm -hmm. We can't, that's a value killer for everybody else, right? Somebody changes their oil, that's gonna happen. It's, but it's inside their space, inside their, so I don't, but no, anything that is going to cause disruption to their neighbors, <laughs> who also paid hundreds of thousands, um, that's what we have to make sure doesn't happen. And I, I mean, I agree very much with Jeff on the revving thing. It's just a uh, pet peeve of mine. It's uh, kind of like dry pipes on, on boats just uh, goes through me like, you know. That will be in the HOA because it's, by the way, the other owners are going to be right next door in the same right. complex as well. So um, they won't be a very good neighbor if they do that. I just want to say one thing. that All 70 cars, make sure they don't turn on at one time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah understand. And again, they're, just, they're not all hot rods, right? There's classics, there's Mustangs, right? Yeah, but I, I totally understand. 
Nothing else? Okay, we're going to close the council portion of this public meeting and move on. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you for thanks, Chris. Yep, you thanks for your time this evening. Thank you. All right, Jamie, will you read ordinance number 2023-08 by title only? Approving a concept planned unit development for 4.7 acres of land between Decima Street, Bellevue Avenue, and Don Joy Drive. All right, will the applicant come forward and present your proposal? Hello, Rob Painter, RVP Engineering, 6236 Center Park Drive, Westchester, Ohio, 45069. Um, I, I brought a board. It's exactly the same as you have on your screen and that screen, so we're on the same page. Um, we have a residential development proposed. Uh, there are a total of nine lots, of which seven are new homes proposed. Um, we have about 4.7 acres. Uh, the density works out to about half, half an acre per lot, which is the, the same density as the surrounding uh, residences. Um, when we went through planning commission, one of the concerns was making sure that we had uh, more screening. So we did move the street further away from the back uh, lot lines here. We added a, uh, we added a vertical uh, shrub hedge through here, upright juniper hedge here. Uh, we've also talked about adding one at this corner, which I think we should do. Um, this area through here is a floodway. And outside of the floodway is a floodplain, the 100-year floodplain. And in the lighter green is a 500-year floodplain. Uh, the 500-year floodplain doesn't have an impact as far as FEMA is concerned on building construction, but the 100-year does. So our units are outside of the 100-year floodplain. Uh, these five homes would be accessed from a driveway from Bellevue. Uh, we'd have to remove this garage uh, to make that driveway possible, and we'll have a cul-de-sac to turn around. Uh, this lot number seven would gain access to this driveway, and this lot would have a driveway that would come back to uh, the end of Decima Street. These homes will go for about 800,000 to a million in starting. Um, they'll be well-maintained. They're looking forward to being part of the community. It, obviously, there's a great sense of pride here in Blue Ash, and they would like to capitalize on that and, and become part of, the, part of the community. The odd shape of the development is, is really a, a configuration of the existing lots as they're brought together. So, uh, there is one lot here that has a flag back to this side of Decima. There's another lot here that has a flag back to this side of Decima to get the legal frontage. With a PUD application, we're asking for um, access for these five new homes from a private drive. And then uh, this home again through a driveway and this home through a driveway off of existing streets. Again, we're looking forward to be part of the community. Uh, and then there'll be lots of comments, and there'll be lots of questions, and I'll be happy to answer them.
Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we're going to move to the public comment section. Are we all good on how we're all going to treat each other? <laughs> I don't think we've had a crowd like this in a while. So please try to keep it as short as you can. Please, if you're going to repeat something somebody said, just come up and say I agree. So with that, it's open. <laughs> Good evening, Mr. Mayor and members of the council. I'm Charles Emery, 9004 Decimus. I'm a longtime resident of that area. I was the first one to build back in that subdivision 45 years ago. My uh, piece of property is the larger square that you see there. I'm presenting this evening because I'm opposed to the uh, development that is being proposed by Mr. Patel. And I have a number of examples of why I think this should not be completed. Uh, there is no other example of a clustered community anywhere within the subdivision in that area. In the entire subdivision, there's nothing in the way of a clustered housing program. Uh, the current plot uh, does not uh, currently meet the building standards of Blue Ash uh, regarding size of lots or size of the street. Uh, the plan does not contribute to the uh, beauty of the low density built-out community for single-family dwellings and the original intent for those two lots were for one single-family dwelling on each of the lots. Um, we originally had a covenant within the group of the houses or the owners in that area. Uh, it would have been presented by our president of the association, but that happens to be Mr. Patel as well. Uh, There's an ordinance in Blue Ash that says that if any of the aspects of this ordinance do not comply with the Blue Ash ordinances, it should not be completed as it is uh, presented. Uh, preliminary plans uh, do not show the uh, sufficient water flow from the neighboring properties. And in uh, storm times, we have an actual waterfall that comes down off of that hillside where those six houses are and dump, dumps into the creek, which has not been represented or addressed. Uh, the sewers, I have talked to the people who work on the sewers occasionally because of the heavy flow and they've told me that the sewer system is at maximum capacity and cannot really sustain any more housing or developments to be attached to it without seriously causing a possible dislocation of the sewer pipes, which would be catastrophic in that particular area. First of all, because the creek dumps into the Little Miami River, and second of all, because you'd have raw sewage. Uh, hear the bell. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of concerns regarding setbacks, but one of the main concerns is with the driveways on the little six houses, you've got the houses back 15 feet from the street. Blue Edge has a 
ruling that says no house can be constructed without 20 feet in front of the house. The way this is designed, when the cars are in the driveway, four feet of the cars will be sticking out into this private drive uh, if any park cars are in the driveways. Um, all the requests for variances were not presented on the plan or to the homeowners in the area. And uh, on this little house over here in the middle, it's more than 500 feet from a fire plug. And on the variance so far as closeness to the lot, that house right there, it is uh, basically right up against my property line. Uh, and there is no, when you measure that out, there's only 35 feet of buildable space between the property line and the extreme fallout for the creek. As well as for the other houses, some of those houses at the end have as much as 35 or 40 feet of fall-off behind the back of the property. And I don't know how you're going to have your 20, 10 or 15 foot space behind the properties for utilities, which is required by Blue Ash. Uh, I see that my time is up, but uh, I request that you not pass on this. Thank you. If you will, please. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. Thank you. My name is Josh Schneider. I live at 6031 Bellevue, which is at the top right up there. Yes, that one. Um, so uh, last, last Thursday, our community met at the library for um, an hour or so, and um, I'd like to not just represent myself, but I think some others in the, uh, in the maybe a show of hands. There we go. Thank you. You're welcome. So maybe maybe I get a little bit of grace on the three minutes as well as I just hit those points. I'll try not to repeat any that Mr. Emery said. We kind of second second yeah, those as well. I mean, just let him go. And I think I can keep it under ten. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, so just one of the first things is I have here a list. I believe there's about, by my count, 188 households that are in the Kenview Hills neighborhood. Um, we have 113 of those households have signed saying that they oppose this. 67 of them we haven't been able to, to contact. There are five that approve, and I'm being graceful there in giving Mr. Patel four of those properties plus one other. Um, and then there's three that who have declined to say whether they approve or oppose of it. So if you extrapolate those numbers out, you can see well over 90% of our neighborhood is opposed to this plan. So if I could enter these into the record, appreciate that. Also try not to um, I'll hit some of the points. I sent everyone here on council um, a letter earlier this week with outlining some of the points of what I've heard as I've talked to our neighbors as those were discussed last Thursday when we, when we all met together. Um, but I'd just like to highlight a few of those for you here. I think the main one here is that this, this plan is just total contrary to the character of our neighborhood. There's not a single neighbor in the entire neighborhood who has a driveway going through their property to someone else's property. 
So there's not an entire or, or any of the houses in the neighborhood. I know that they said this works out to about a half an acre each, but that's if you count all of that area that's down there in the creek that's not getting built. I think we can all see that the lots as they're drawn out around those five homes in particular are much less than the half acre lots immediately next to them. By my guess, those are probably 0.2 to 0.25, maybe a quarter acre, if we're being generous. Um, as Mr. Emery said, there's the um, very little plan or no plan at all for stuff like where's the rainwater going? We know we already have issues and have had have past issues in the, in the creek here. Um, there's no plan for where are the utilities going to go? Where are um, how are we going to handle trash removal? Can you imagine at the end of that private drive, five extra trash bins, five extra um, recycle bins every, every week? Um, how do emergency vehicles access the area back there? Can we get one of our fire trucks turned around in that cul-de-sac? Also, um, that driveway is awfully close to um, my neighbor at 5941 Bellevue, which is the one on the on the left of the screen here. Yep. And I've also heard rumor that maybe the driveway would shift to the other side on a personal Based level. The pointer would that help you? Uh, I think, I think they were. Yeah, yeah. No, she okay. was hitting the okay. spot. I don't know if it'd be easier for you to do it. Okay. Um, so the I've heard rumor that that driveway may shift to the other side, to the east side of the property, which is next to, next to mine. So when I moved into my house, I signed up for a corner lot, right? So I've got traffic. I knew that I was going to have traffic on both sides. I didn't sign up for a peninsula lot that has traffic on all three sides of it. I, I think you would all agree that that's not fair or equitable to anybody involved in Blue Ash. Um, there's various regulations that I put in in my letter to you also that I think that this is this is against just as far as traffic systems road serving multiple units you can review that in the letter um, my understanding is that PUDs are supposed to be equitable and fair to those neighbors that are around them so again 5941 didn't sign up to have a driveway that access five additional houses right next to it um, 6030, 6060, and 6090, which are on the, the east side of the development there. Also, yes, those, those houses there. They may have signed up to have one house on each of the, this is zoned for two lots where those five houses are, are set up. They may have signed up to have one house sort of in their backyard behind there, but I don't think that they ever signed up to have five of them in the back of their house. <coughs> So this PUD is also trying to solve, especially with the driveway, is trying to solve an access problem that's already been solved in at least two different ways. So Mr. Painter pointed out the, the flags that are there from Decima Street that are the, the, how the neighborhood was designed to access those, those two properties that are back there. Um, I believe also in the Indian Walk neighborhood that was in the, where Mr. Emery lives, there was also an easement that was agreed upon there um, that goes right down in the middle of those two, off of the private drive where the one house is, is proposed to be. I also have concerns that if this PUD is to be passed, that it may set a dangerous precedent for our neighborhoods. That 
there could be a run for any developer. If this one's approved, then any developer who can put together, I think it's a requisite of, what, three, three acres? So if I can buy a few lots that are all close together, maybe I can start building McMansions in my neighborhood, too, or down the street here. Or maybe the entire Kenview Hills gets turned into to a new development with these lifestyle homes that have, I was told that those have 20 feet in between them, but I think we can all see here, if you look at the plants a little bit closer, that's maybe five. Let's be generous and give it 10 feet in between those. With that, I would just ask you to please consider if this is something, if you live in, the, in this neighborhood or if this was happening right behind your neighborhood, is this something that you would want to have developed near you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So does anyone else have a unique view? I know we had a show of hands where just about everybody in the room agreed, so we have a unique view coming oh, up. Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Pradeep Patel, and I live on 9013 Decima Street. And uh, currently, myself and my partner, we own about six properties within this area, what we are talking about. I've lived uh, in my house since about 40-some years. The property, uh, the lots where we are developing, we bought it about 30-some years ago uh, with the idea someday, you know, we will develop that or do whatever. And um, most interestingly, uh, you know, I I've really came across uh, some uh, get-togethers where they were welcoming, you know, a lot of professionals, uh, especially the doctors and everything, to Cincinnati. And one of the issues that came up, a lot of people were prefer, they prefer blue ash, and they were looking for some, you know, upscale homes. These are high net worth people. That's when the idea came to us that let's uh, take our land and develop this, you know, so that uh, uh, it, it really brings up the entire community, you know, from a calm standpoint, you know, and uh, uh, we don't have uh, in, what do you call, uh, Kenview Hills, any upscale homes. There may be some, but not that many. It's time that we really uh, look at something like this. Guys, okay, please let him speak. Uh, so, uh, so what what we are trying to propose is very simple. That one of the things is important that my partner and I are going to be building our homes there. Okay, so we are not going to cut corners or make sure that this is not going to be a viable. A property because we're going to be living there. We're going to be, you know, moving in there. And I already have three or four uh, professional, uh, two of them are the doctors, you know, who are interested in, uh, uh, you know, building their homes there. So, so the demand is there. Now, there is so much of misinformation going on. And uh, the petition the other gentleman talked about never came to me. I'm a part of the Kenview Hills you know, association also. I got six properties. Not one, two, but six. They never came to us. What I understand from some people who refused to sign, 
that it was all one-sided. Yes, you don't agree with it. There is no option that no, you don't, or you know, you're for, you know. So, uh, and when I look at this thing, there are only about seven homes who are directly impacted. You know, their, their backyards are falling into this side. And, uh, and we have 117, 120 people, you know, against it. So I don't understand what is the real issue. 42 some percent of the land is going to stay green. It's not going to be disturbed. All the trees and everything is going to stay as is. Each lot, you know, uh, which is about, uh, uh, Rob, what is the size of a But anyway. <laughs> There are about 45, sorry, 45 some thousand square foot each lot, and the, the building pad is about uh, 2,600, okay? So, so you know, the, the lots are gonna be much open, you know, and the behind, yes, it is sloping, it'll be a walkout, uh, you know, uh, homes, and there's a creek going on, you know? So, and, and uh, interestingly, you cannot see this this development from, from Bellevue or from Donjoy. It is so much hidden at the back. So, so, th uh, so that's, that's all I really wanted to say. I hope uh, the council will take into the consideration and, uh, you know, and, uh, and I'm sure uh, my engineers will look at some of the issues people are raising about sewer and you know uh, I lived there for 40 some years we never had a uh, problem with the you know uh, the creek flowing or anything I've never seen it okay because I'm very close to it you know the, the creek is only about no more than 30 feet from my my house you know so uh, so that's all I wanted to say I hope uh, you will uh, truly consider my our request and I think it's good for the uh, the blue ash you know uh, brings a tax base, you know, and brings some homes that we really need, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, so I, I think it's a win-win situation. So, so, so that's all I really wanted to say. I, I got a couple of people who were in favor, they wanted to say something, so I, I'll let them come and talk. Come on up. Yeah. My name is Jackie Iden. I'm, uh, my and I live at 6441 Don Joy Drive. We have lived there since 1968. I spent 29 years teaching for Sycamore. I have loved Blue Ash my whole time here. I love it because there is a place we can live that is not full of palaces. It is not full of people who think money is more important than people, and it's not filled with people who look down at anyone else. It's home. And this will interfere with our home. Not with our money, not with our trees, with our home. And because it was Frank Ferris's farm before it was Kenview Hills, I think Frank would be up on his feet if he could come down from heaven and tell us what he thinks about this. And it would not be good. And neither would Dr. Dorothy approve of it. So 
I just want to say, as a person who has enough money that we could buy a big house, we don't want a big house. I remember when they were going to put apartment buildings in Kenview Hills. Lord God, it didn't happen, thank you. Um, you know, it's just, I've heard so much talk, but I haven't heard many reasons. And my reason is this is my home. And I don't want buildings going up. And I, I just spent the weekend having the plumbing fixed in our house. Talk about plumbing. We have cast iron pipes in our house. And I don't care. I'll get paid and get them fixed. But I, I just want you to consider the fact that there is more to this than who's going to make money or who's going to have rich people living in their subdivision. Because believe me, there are some rich people living in this subdivision. They just don't brag about it. Okay? So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. I have to say it. What up, council? My <laughs> name is Chasta Postler. I live at 5881 Bellevue Avenue. I am directly affected by this plan. I've been there for 13 years. My husband actually bought her house um, from his grandparents who lived there for many years. And we chose to live there and have our young boys grow up. We have a great backyard, backs up to the creek. We love it. Deers come by, nature comes by. That will all be gone once the construction starts. And that is something you can't replace. It won't come back. They have a habitat, they have a home too. Um, additionally to that, if you've ever driven down Bellevue Avenue to Kenwood Road and try to make a left or right turn in or out of that subdivision, it is deathly. I have personally tried to make a left-hand turn into our neighborhood, watch somebody go around me while somebody else is turning into Bellevue going to the Deer Park side and fatal accident with my kid in the back seat, watched it all happen. How many more people are we adding to the subdivision that are gonna cause more fatalities at that intersection? These are all other valid points that need to be addressed with this subdivision here, which I understand you own. Build one house. We don't need all these houses. That's all, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I'm Jayant M. Patel, and co-owner of this property. I came to Cincinnati in 1965, and for 40 years, we, we owned this house and a lot behind our house. We have been good neighbors. We have followed all the requirements and we have been paying the taxes and all the big time trying to be good neighbor for the last 40 years. Currently, we have prepared a plan to do something with the empty lot we have. In the process, we have worked with the engineer and we also have talked to all our neighbors in last couple of weeks. And 
provide them the information they would be concerned with regarding what we are doing with this lot. So to give you a brief description of what we are doing is particularly those five houses we are trying to show in our proposal have a lot size 18,000 square feet. In that square feet area, we are going to have a built-up house about 2,600 square feet. And those houses will be roughly 2,500 square feet living area. The front of that house will be 55 feet away from our borderline. And at the end of the borderline, we plan to have a green wall to preserve the privacy of all the neighbors we have behind that, uh, that uh, our house. So we appreciate and we want to preserve the right and the privacy of all of our neighbor. And to do so, we have taken upon building a private road from our own land and eliminate the access behind those houses on Bellevue Road. So in our plan, we are trying to maintain better way of having the traffic in the house we plan to build. I'm, I'm speaking of this thing here to all of you and also our neighbor on to make sure that whatever we do, we preserve what our neighbor need and rightfully want to have it. Okay. If we have a, this plan approved, I plan to move my family. I'm 85 years old and I plan to move my wife and my, my 49 year old daughter in this one of these houses and trying to be a, again remain a good neighbor. Thank you again. Thank you. You guys have to fight it out. You have to race. <laughs> Hi, I'm Beth Riesenberg. I live at 5800 Bellevue. Mr. Patel has been my friend for a long time. We've lived in our house 25 years. He owns a rental home next door to our home. I take a lot of pride in my house. I work in my yard all the time. I have beautiful gardens. Um, it's hard having a renter live next door to you. You never know who you're going to get. It changes every two years. Mr. Patel came to me. We went through this 10 years ago where he wanted to build some kind of housing for older people. That was his plan the last time he wanted to do this. Now it's home, million-dollar homes with doctors. But, you know, I look at the, the, two, the properties he owns, and they aren't taken care of. 
I even asked him kindly, I said, can you at least put a new driveway in this rental house? It's all full of ditches, holes. He told me he had someone come out that said the base of the driveway is in great condition. They just need to patch it. It looks horrible. Someone came through some tar. They messed the whole street up. Then they blacktopped over it. And now that, you know, there's neighbors living there again that we don't know. And it's hard. It's hard living next to renters all the time. But we do take pride in our neighborhood. They're beautiful ranch houses. A lot of people have come in. They've just redone the basements. They keep them one levels. It didn't happen what happened on Zigzag. And we love, that's why we love our neighborhood. And traffic is an issue. I, it's like Chasta, I just witnessed a wreck about three weeks ago. Same thing, I was turning onto my street, a gentleman went around me, and the person turning onto the other side crashed. This is gonna add a lot of traffic. It's, it's just, none of us want this. And I'm the one that went and collected signatures. Me and a 78-year-old Pat Barnhorst, I tried to hit as many homes as I could. I'm one person. I knew you wouldn't sign it, but I mean, I asked everyone, I said, I respect whatever you wanna do, I respect what you wanna put. I'm not gonna sit there and, and tell everybody, oppose this, oppose this. I was respectable, and I said, whatever you wanna do, I'll put your answer, and that's what I got. I didn't try to steer anybody, like he said. So that's my feeling, and I hope this gets opposed. Thank you. Hello, Council. Thank you for your time tonight and attention. I'm Lori Whitney. I live at 5831 Bellevue Avenue, and I live directly across the street from Beth, right next to Chasta. I have a couple of concerns. First of all, I'm the lowest point for the creek. So when there's shifting taking place, my home, and I even spoke with some of the Blue Ash City workers a couple of times over the past year because they had to replace, the creek goes through my side yard. The creek also <coughs> turns in my backyard. When it rains, I have plenty of videos to show. I even asked, what happens when the water comes up? Can we build another wall? They said no. It, it, when it rains so hard already, the backyard begins to flood and the side yard. What happens when, it, when we're shifting and building? What happens, A, to the properties when they begin to settle or, or shift? I know that the creek has been adjusted previously about 15, 20 years ago because of the flooding. That's my backyard. So to say there's no flooding, there is flooding. Two, I lived in Hyde Park for 30 years. I moved out of Hyde Park, and I know a lot of other people. I'm a professional. I'm a business person. I moved out of Hyde Park because of the fact of all the development where you buy one home and then 10 homes or five homes get put in place. And that's not something. The homes shift, they settle, then all of a sudden the whole foundation is shifting. That's not a good thing. And then there's a major expense. But more importantly, to their point, we live in a beautiful neighborhood. We moved there because of the beauty of the neighborhood. We wanted green space. I didn't want to move into a new development. The beauty is, and I'd welcome all of you, please come do it. Any time of day, 
You have all ages. You have young, you have older. Come and see the beautiful people walking up and down our street any time of day. You will see young, you will see elderly, you will see walkers, you will see runners, and you will see people in wheelchairs being pushed. What happens when all the millions of dump trucks, and that's a little bit of an exaggeration, what happens when all the dump trucks come flying down our street? Who's going to monitor those dump trucks with all the elderly? Because that's a huge danger, and they're who make our neighborhoods special. We don't want this development. Please respect that. Thank you for Thank your you. time. Thank you. I'm Mary Ann Fair. I live at 9198 Scamper Lane. And to add to your comments about the construction, say they start this development. For some reason, they go belly up. Now you're going to have empty homes, garbage, and this will become a dump site. Is there a retainer fee for Mr. Patel and his company? If so, what is it? $1,000, $10,000, hundred per house, $2 million? You got to make it so that he will do it if you choose to do this. The construction, like she said, traffic's going to be a nightmare. You have all these trucks going up and down. You're going to ruin our street, which they're all in disrepair and they need to be recoded again. But this is only going to add more anger to the citizens of our development. So I hope and pray that you do listen to us and do not pass this monstrosity of a development. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Before you go, I kind of feel like we've rounded third. We're kind of getting back into the same things here. So can we maybe a couple more people say your piece if you have something unique and then we're not voting on this tonight. We have in two weeks another meeting, which we will discuss it, deliberate, and probably make a decision either way. So this is not your last chance to speak. Sometimes we need to kind of digest what's going on tonight, and you might need to digest and come up with something else that is unusual or different. So just saying. Come on up. Okay, all right. So I, I can't, I'm not going to stop you from speaking. I'm just saying I think, I think we've got it. I'm pretty sure. I am Tara Adhikari. I, am, I live in 5601 Bellevue Avenue. First of all, you know, thank you for bringing me up and saying I have no conflict of interest in the Please crowd. address council. Yeah, come around so we can I, hear oh, you. I'm so sorry. I'm so used to talking to the crowd. So, yeah, uh, yes. So I have no conflict of interest in the property. Um, so I am so glad that I heard from all our neighbors, um, all our, you know, neighbors who I have seen. Some of I have met, some I haven't met. So, um, Few things. Um, I I am very very positive and certain that the council members will look into the engineering part of it. I where, you know I do not know. Um, of course, it's not my specialty. So um, the flooding, um, you know, all those technical parts. No, second thing is disruption to the neighbors. You know, maintaining the green zone. All those things are of a concern, and I I hope that you know Mr. Patel addresses it. In terms of the you know, new properties, I do favor the properties as long as it is not disrupting our neighbors. It is maintained within the limits, within the safety zone from the, you know, from the engineering perspectives. I think the development is good in one way because it raises the taxes. 
you know, it's a, it's a new change in our street. But again, as I said, it has to be balanced. At the, it's the decision of the council between the builders. And of course, you know, we need to, you know, it, council, builder, and our neighbor, we should all agree and come to a decision to see what is the best for our street. But I do feel that, you know, bringing few new homes would add the value to the street and also raise the taxes for, for uh, you know, for our blue ass community. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, just to clarify, we are deciding on this particular submission. So it's not, just so you understand, it's not options and things like that. We're talking about this particular one. Hi, I'm Hi. Susan Willis. Um, I'm one of the, I live at 6090 Andre, so I am one of the people directly impacted because these houses are directly behind my home. Um, when we bought our house 20 years ago, we bought it because we love the backyard. Um, and we paid a lot for our house because we love the backyard before we even saw the inside. Right now, I counted just behind my yard 12 trees that shade my backyard that will be gone just from the driveway, the private drive, not counting the house. And if you go out, like they have, if you look at those lines, those houses are on a huge steep hill. So I am definitely concerned about the ecological impact, myself as a biologist and ecologist, the impact that that construction will have on that area is going to be great. As is, um, you know, I'm a professor at UC. We have a professor from emeritus from NKU well, could describe the ecological impact would be great. So we really just need to make sure that that's addressed as well as nobody's mentioned value, property values. Those are great property values, but my property value will decrease when I look out and see five homes with only 10 feet at most in between versus looking out and seeing a beautiful bunch of trees behind my house. The privacy hedge is not going to do a whole lot to protect that. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. person of looking at you state your name your name uh, and your sure. address Philip Blomer 9009 Decima Street uh, I'm I'm one of those people that looks at uh, all these types of things as show me for sure what's going to happen or what's likely to happen I've heard a lot of what if we don't know for sure depends on what actually gets built one of the things that I've been looking at is property values um, for instance, over on Alpine Avenue, which is one street up from, if you go out to Kenwood Road from Bellevue, turn right, go left on the first street, that's Alpine Avenue. There's a whole series of about five or six houses just being built in that area, all of which are, are listed for $750,000 and $800,000. Uh, they're all on smaller lots, uh, so I don't see this as really impacting value of the housing in the area because most of what's in the area right now is five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred thousand uh, dollars so from that standpoint it's not an issue uh, at least in my view second thing i've heard uh, this routine about six sets of garbage cans at the end of the street i live in the section of indian walk subdivision now that backs up to decima on the north side uh, we've got six houses in the area. We've got six and eight cans there every week. But what happens is everybody gets them up there the night before. People who uh, have them already emptied take them back fairly quickly. 
if it's not back, I'm retiring it. I take them back for the rest of the neighbors. It shouldn't be a big deal. Uh, from, so from the standpoint of the garbage removal, not a big problem. As far as whatever gets built there, whether it's two houses or five houses, you're gonna have transportation, you're gonna have trucking, you're gonna have excavation and so forth. Again, depending on the proper planning, I don't see that as a major issue either. Therefore, I'm gonna be unpopular, but I'm not against this plan. It needs to be tweaked. And I, that's what I recommend happen at the council level or at the planning commission level. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Are we good? We were close. We were close. I'll be quick. I got to get a gavel out faster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Joe Redford. I, we live at uh, 5950, which is pretty much right across from where that drive is going to come out. Nope. Other side. Up. To the right. Yes. Um, and uh, I'm trying to, I think this last time I was talking in this mic in the 80s, I was saying no contest. So um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, we, the one thing, the unique thing that I haven't heard addressed here is just, you know, cutting the, uh, that driveway into that property um, is uh, going to change the character of that house. And, it, you know, it's going to look very different from the rest of the, the frontage on there. So uh, I think that's just, you know, the one thing that I kind of, maybe it's different than everybody else has said here that I just wanted to point out. Um, I, you know, yeah, the cans being there is an issue. Back on Decima, the, there's no traffic back there. Um, Bellevue is a raceway most days, so, you know, if there's cans out there, any of them get into the street, it's going to be a problem. So, anyway, Thank you. I'll just Thank leave you. it at that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. At this point, we've been, we've been down this road for an hour. I think we've covered things wonderfully. There will be another chance to discuss this September 28th. Um, so I'm going to close the public portion of this meeting tonight and turn it over to council for any comments or questions to the developer. Anything? I think it's just a lot to okay. process, that's <laughs> all. <laughs> there you go. All right, if nobody else has any comments at this point, I'm going to go ahead and close this public hearing. And we're going to move on to another public hearing. Jamie, will you please read resolution in this case, so we are allowed to vote on this, 2023-52. Approving a conditional use permit for an automotive fueling station at 4775 Cornell Road. All right, uh, is the applicant here? We might want to wait a minute. Do you guys, does anybody need a break? Are we good? Well, I'm fine. I just, I just, I'm looking around asking. Do they need to set up? You're tough. Mark, well, do this. Why does it? If anybody had to go to the bathroom, we could. But it looks like we're going to be clear here in a minute. Do they need to set up? What for their in the next hearing? Do they need to set up presentation? I have no idea. Do you need to set anything up? You talking about this? You talking about the Speedway gas station? Uh, we have that. I mean, we have all the paperwork. We yeah, have all that. There's nothing to say. I, it's, we're already installed it for the most part. But uh, unless you have any questions, I think you're okay to go without the uh, fireworks there. But let's just let them get out of here if we could. If you'll just summarize it, you know, when they clear out of here, that's really what <laughs> we're looking for. We have to give the public a chance to comment on it. So understand. 
could have been worse. <laughs> could have been worse. All right. He's going to get them out and close the doors for you. Oh, man. Thank you. You're off. Hi. My name is Larry Helms. I'm with M&M Servers. We're, we're doing the uh, rebuild of the uh, gas station there, uh, the Speedway gas station. We, uh, we met for the planning committee about adding an additional dispenser. Uh, there was no issues there at that particular time. Uh, we're about a week from finishing the project. The additional dispenser has been installed, and I guess it's just formality, I guess, being here. You're good. Okay, so is there any public comment on an additional pump at the service station at Cornell and Kenwood Road? Any public comment on that particular issue? See none. We're going to close the public portion. <laughs> Joe, Joe, I swear to God. <laughs> good. All right, we're going to close the public comment. Council, do we have any questions or comments? We are going to vote on this later on. So. Great. Nothing? Okay, we'll move on. Thank you. That was Thank a great you. presentation. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have a motion to approve the regular meeting minutes of August 10th, so 2023? Again. All in favor, but Aye. I can't say Aye. anything. Yeah, not me because I wasn't, I wasn't there. I can't approve minutes if I'm not there, can I? Yeah, you can. Okay, I want to approve them also then. <laughs> <laughs> Any communications from council, Jamie? No, sir, Your Honor. Any reports from outside agencies? None. The mayor's report will be entered into the public record. And do we have a motion to accept the financial report for August of 2023? So move. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. Do we have hearings for citizens? And we kind of talked about rules and regs and before, and just this is going to be a little bit more three minutes and we're done. So come on up, state your name and address, and say your piece. Um, excuse me. Mark Ossies, live at 10 Falling Brook on Carpenter's Run. That's a tough act to follow, man. Mm -hmm. Hey, I just want to talk a little real quick um, about pickleball. Uh, I've talked to uh, the mayor and council members. Thank you for letting me have time to talk. But um, I've, when I've talked to uh, uh, people in the past, they've directed me to Parks and Recreation, and, and I'm not sure where he's at on that. But Blue is one of the only places in Cincinnati that doesn't offer courts. Um, and Blue House offers everything else. Um, you can go online, and, and I've just got a few here. Pleasant Ridge, 12 courts. Middletown, 14 courts. I mean, that's Walmart North. Uh, Montgomery, 6. Madeira, 7. Sawyer Point, 24. Clear Creek, 6. 10 at Gratison, 8. 16, 22 in Clifton. You can go on and on and on. I'm not going to waste the time with it. But um, the problem with pickleball now is that we, I play with a group, we, we play in Madeira. We've got 500 members on our roster. Now, not all 500 play, obviously, every week, but uh, Madeira now has torn up McDonald Park. They're building a new park. They're gonna build seven pickleball courts there. So we're kind of scattered now, but 
trying to find a place to play is ridiculous. Um, we've all split up trying to find places to play, and everything's just packed. Um, you can you can play for two hours, only play four games. And I mean, it's 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 crazy. Um, I know that you guys have probably got every square inch of Summit Park uh, um, planned out, what you're going to do with it. But uh, if, if, we could, if, if you wanted to get into pickleball, it can't be at the rec center. It has to be in an open park where people can come from all over and play pickleball. We are playing at, at um, Ridge Rec Center now, and um, there is a fee, but it's $10 a year to, for, uh, since I have Recreation Commission. If you Google pickleball, uh, growth last year was 85%. Uh, this year, it's 158% growth. Um, in 2020, which is pretty old, there were 1,617 courts in the state of Ohio. There's probably 4,000 now. Um, if you guys would consider down the road building at least six courts or eight courts, uh, Summit Park, the uh, mulch area would be a fantastic place for it. Uh, now that you're going to have the brewery there, to have pickleball course next to the brewery would just be a home run. So I just wanted my plea to be part of the, the uh, council meeting here, and uh, um, I would gladly answer any questions down the road or Mark. I uh, talk to Mark all the time. So anyhow, thank you for your time. I appreciate Thanks, it. Okay. Thank you. <coughs> Minutes. <laughs> I feel bad I brought two people with me instead of 113. Uh, my name is Jim Friend. I live at 4990 Voyager Court in the Daventry neighborhood. Uh, first of all, thank you, Mr. Mayor and Council, for listening to me. The issue I have, and as I um, represent not just myself as a homeowner in Daventry, but also the president of the HOA, and we have 104 homes in that neighborhood that we think when one is impacted, all will be impacted. And I'm talking about specifically the bad tree development and then the moving of the maintenance building. Now, I know no decision has been made yet as to where that will go. So my friend over here at Parks and Recreation, we have uh, an opportunity to hopefully help you decide where that should go. One of the plots is on the, uh, the temporary road between Plainfield and the runway. And there's a plot of uh, land, I guess it's already been designated as one of the potential spots. And as a neighborhood, we are adamantly opposed to that. We are opposed to it on a number of reasons, for a number of reasons. Um, but I didn't come here tonight to lay out all of our rationale. We, given the, you know, the contentious nature of the first meeting and the length, we wanted to come back on the 28th and lay it out. But our concerns really are, you know, for, for neighbors that have million dollar homes and paid extra to look out at that pristine park, the potential to see a set, what, a seven, 8,000 square foot steel building sitting on a hill right on their view is not very appealing. Secondly, we think there's an increase in potential safety issues. When you've got, what, 15 or more vehicles that are now gonna be going down that park, down that temporary roadway, down that runway, you've got the sheer statistics say there's more opportunity for, for safety issues. 104, 104 homes in our neighborhood, we all use Summit Park. Our kids ride their bikes there, we walk our dogs there, we ride, you know, we ride bikes there. We use that park, we use that runway. Secondly, there's the sound. 7, 7.30 in the morning when all those uh, work vehicles are leaving, they're gonna make a lot of sound. And if I were the people in the, uh, in the new neighborhood building condos and those things are coming by at seven in the morning, I'd be very upset. So again, on behalf of the 104 neighbors uh, at 
uh, in Daventry, we want to propose a different spot. And as we come back on 928 with not 104 people, and not as contentious a meeting, I hope, as well, uh, we are going to yeah, recommend the spot further away down towards Glendale Milford. So again, thank you for the opportunity to serve, uh, to, to have your attention, and I second the motion on the uh, pickleball courts. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Jim. Thank you. Anyone else? Seeing no one, we're going to move to committee reports. Finance and Administration, Councilman Zerwanka. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, Jamie, please read resolution number 2023-53 by title only. Providing for amendments within the 2023 annual appropriation resolution number 2022-64. Move to adopt resolution number 2023-53. Second. Any discussion? Seeing none, Jamie, please call the roll. Councilman Capel. Yes. Vice Mayor Javeri. Yes. Councilwoman Schneider. Yes. Councilwoman Cole. Yes. Councilman Zerwanka. Yes. Mayor Serkin. Yes. Six yeses. Thank you. Jamie, uh, please read resolution number 2023-54 by title only. Authorizing the city manager to enter into contracts for employee benefit coverages and authorizing the city manager to execute related documentation and contracts. Move to adopt resolution number 2023-54. Any discussion? Seeing none, Jamie, please call the roll. Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Councilman Capel? Yes. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Mayor Serkin? Yes. Six yeses. Amy, please read resolution number 2023-55 by title only. A resolution to levy special assessments on real property for the total cost of mitigating noxious weeds and high grass pursuant to chapter 911 of the Blue Ash Code of Ordinances and Ohio Revised Code 715.261. Move to adopt resolution number 2023-55. Second. Any discussion? <laughs> we do this every year. Uh, Two times. Jamie, please call the roll. Councilman Capel? Yes. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Mayor Serkin? Yes. Six yeses. All I have, Mayor. Great. We're going to move to Parks and Recreation Committee. Councilmember Schneider. Mayor, Jamie, could you please read resolution number 2023-56 by title only? Authorizing the sale of city-owned surplus property through the Hamilton County online auctioning program. Move to adopt resolution number 2023-56. Second. This is the surplus equipment is the uh, a concession trailer. Is there any discussion? All right, uh, Jamie, could you please call the roll? Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Councilman Capel? Yes. Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Mayor Serkin? Yes. Six yeses. Thank you, Mayor, that's all I have. All right, we're gonna move to Planning and Zoning Committee, Vice Mayor Javeri. Thank you, Mayor. This is the Ordinance number 2023-06. This is a second reading. Jimmy, would you please read the ordinance number 2023-06 by title only? 
Approving a concept planned unit development for a 9.8 acre portion of property located at 11500 Reed Hartman Highway. Move to adopt the resolution number 2023-06. Second. Any discussion? Discussion? Jimmy, would you please call roll call? Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Councilman Capel? No. Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Mayor Serkin? Yes. Five yeses, one no. Thank you. Jimmy, would you please read resolution number 2023-52 by title only. Approving a conditional use permit for an automotive fueling station at 4775 Cornell Road. Move to adopt the resolution number 2023-52. Second. Discussion. It's a wonderful presentation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, if it's no discussion, Jimmy, can you read the, can you read, do the roll call? Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Councilman Capel? Yes. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Mayor Serkin? Yes. Six yeses. Thank you. Jimmy, can you read the resolution number 2023-57 by title only? Approving an amendment for a new concept development plan for a residential development in the Arabella portion of the Neighborhoods at Summit Park subdivision in the Summit Park Zoning District. Move to adopt the resolution number 2023-57. Second. Any discussion? This is the I think this is a nice adjustment. I think this, so too. For this yeah. property due to market conditions right. and such. It's a different so bit there. of a ratio and a different footprint, but Summit Park will still have everything you could ever want in living, apartments, condos, single family housing, senior living. It's just a little bit different footprint. I think it's great. Yeah, I don't think the changes are a detriment at all, so I'm supportive. Okay. Any other further? Can you read the, uh, can you call, roll call? Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Councilman Capel? Yes. Mayor Serkin? Yes. Six yeses. Thank you, Jamie. Can you read the resolution number 2023-58 by title only? Approving a replat of a parcel in the Arabella at Summit Park development, current Hamilton County Auditor's parcel number 612-0120-0387. Move to adopt the resolution number 2023-58. Second. Do any discussion? This is the same things which is the on the 2023-57. So is this the asking for the same thing? Any discussion? This I, I think it's a little different. The, it's yeah. a little different. Separating the some of the attached units into each individual parcels instead of four of them being one parcel is the way I understand it. Yes. 
it's here or there. It doesn't yeah, change. It's not just a anything. change. It's a change in the replatting. Yes. Probably okay. lawyers made them do it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jimmy, can you call the roll call, please? Councilman Capel. Yes. Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Mayor Serkin? Yes. Six yeses. That's only because we were in a bad mood after going to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope you need something done pretty okay. soon. We're going to move to public safety okay, committee. Okay, that's all, Mayor. <laughs> Jeff Capel, chairperson. <laughs> yep, we just have one issue. Jamie, please read resolution number 2023-59 by title only. Authorizing the city manager to purchase an emergency medical vehicle for the fire department, utilizing the state of Ohio's cooperative purchasing program. I move that we pass resolution number 2023-59. Second. There any questions or discussion? Seeing none, please call the roll. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Councilman Capel? Yes. Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Mayor Serkin? Yes. Six yeses. All right, we're going to move to uh, miscellaneous business. Um, David, you want to start off? I don't have anything other than just keep Kelly um, in your thoughts and prayers. Her mother-in-law passed away yesterday, so that's why she's not here. She's up in the Detroit area. So. All right. Julie, I see you hide back there. Nothing tonight, Mayor. Thank you. Gordon? I have nothing tonight. Brian Cruz? Thanks, Mark. Um, as we shared a memo with you earlier in the week um, with the council packet, just as you know, um, we continue to work on the feasibility study for both those two buildings and those two, I'm sorry, for the park maintenance building and those two possible sites. So as we gain more of that information, we'll be sure to share it with council. Okay. And that includes geotech studies as well as a, um, uh, an assessment on uh, the actual space itself. Um, also as well, um, we hope to at next council session, come back with an updated possible amendment on the budget for, budget for the golf maintenance building. We've been working on designing that building now for about a year, um, and we believe that the original budget we, will, will likely be a little over what it was, and so we'll be bringing that to council on the 28th with a little bit of a presentation of how that building's painting out. And then finally, um, within the next couple weeks or next couple council sessions, we plan on actually giving you an update and development of our thoughts on possible aquatic updates in the next couple years, because we've talked about that project as well on the horizon. Great, Chief Theaters. Just wanted to thank council. Many of you came out to our 9-11 stair climb. Uh, this year we raised about $1,500 just that day for carry on that's the organization out of texas that uh, made that honor log which we are so proud to have for the state of ohio so we wanted to give back to that organization for helping us out and um i think another great year to remember the fallen on 9-11 so that's all i had thank you chief sherry chief noel Great success. Did you get into the dunk tank? <laughs> God, I would have really enjoyed that even more than Pullman. Um, Sherry. 
Jamie. I'm sorry, not Sherry. Nothing tonight, thank you. Great. Paul, I see you there. Counselor? Bill? Uh, just again to congratulate congratulate the uh, winners of the Beautification Award. I think we've seen a lot of um, Except examples. for my friend Kaufman. No, don't. No, no, I know. Don't. Well, I'm going to have to, Mark. <laughs> he probably didn't do any of it. He probably just have people come and... But Sorry. I, I know. I think Long it's, history. It's important that we have a beautiful, attractive community and a sense of neighborhoods, and, you know, that's uh, just one of the things that makes Blush special, so... Thanks. Jeff? Uh, just uh, thank the police department for putting on the open house yesterday. It was very well done. It was a lot of fun. And I always encourage residents to go to the police open house, the fire open house, which I think is upcoming soon, and the public works touch a truck when that is done. They're all uh, good events to come to. They're fun, and you learn some things. Thanks. Lee? Uh, just congratulations again to the Beautification Award winners. <laughs> Those folks always set the example for all the rest of us, so. uh, and maybe not your friend, but he doesn't count. Uh, that's right. There you go. That's all I have. Thanks, Katie. You have one thing this evening um, about the ODOT, the pedestrian bridge that's going from Kenview Hills um, mm -hmm. over back into the junior high school. Um, so we we heard from some residents at the last meeting those particularly that would be impacted by this, um, and I know with. As we know, with any development, um, any project, there's going to be negative impacts to someone. Um, but we've also heard from a lot of people that use the bridge, the benefits of that bridge, and the overwhelming positive support for it to be rebuilt. Um, so I want to ask tonight for David to write a letter of support from the city of Blue Ash to have that bridge rebuilt. I'm not um, supporting alternative one or two, just that it gets rebuilt. Um, because there was an option that they're considering um, to not replace it. Um, I know that the public comment period ended on September 15th, so I'm not sure if your letter will officially be part of that, um, but I think it's still worth submitting. Um, so I'm asking council if, if you also are, would support um, asking David to write that letter on behalf of the city to support that bridge. Well, today's September 14th, so I think if, if the letter oh. could be written tomorrow, then, then it thank could... Thank you. <laughs> I have to check myself. I'll have to, okay, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that request. I think it's appropriate to say that it's good for walkability without us getting into saying we like option A or B better, which can pose problems if we did that. I'm okay with that. Want to make a motion out of it or no? I'll make a motion, that's fine. Yep. Do a letter. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? All good. Thank you. That's all I have. Vice Mayor Javeri. Remember now. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I have a few, <laughs> I have a few items. I just want to have a, some. I had some good news. Um, one a friend of mine. Um, living in the Sycamore Trace. His, her name is Kalpna Matami. Her son got in an accident just a year ago. He passed away on the our pathway on the summit park. Immediately we called 911. Our first responders were there. 
by the first response went there, the guy got up, he just came out from his amnesia or whatever the disease that he has it. He says, oh, I'm okay, I'm gonna go home. But our first responder knew exactly what he's going through. He did not let him go home by himself. They took him to the hospital right away and he's walking right now without any problems. But had he not done that, he would have been dead. So it's a thanks so much to our first responder who did a quick uh, notifications of sickness of that person. So that was the best thing. And this was never mentioned before, but this did happen as I know, I've talked to the chief. So it did happen and I was talking to her. So she really thanks so much. That is her only son. And so she really thanks you very much. Then I'm um, second I have, um, I'm the board member of FSCSWO, First Suburban Constitutorium. Um, we were talking about getting $100 million for the railroad improvements. So I do not know whether we need or we not need it for our Blue Ash area. So I do not know, but this is available. Just want to know that's what we talked about it. Uh, number three, this I was talking about, same, same thing, tennis. Anything happening? Did we got any, um, did we got any? No. No, no. <laughs> no, we haven't got any uh, quotation yet? No, it went out to bid for the third time with zero responses again. Oh, okay. So we're putting our heads together to see what our other options are at this point. Thank in you. terms of bidding and, and securing uh, a contractor. I was gonna say, we could just have a skip a council meeting. Have a nice little could... volunteer day for you guys. <laughs> volunteer month. <laughs> I have one more thing, just wanna know, that my constituents from our benchmark, they keep raising the voice about the fence which we have taken out. So instead of putting a resolution, I just want to make, uh, talk about it, what other council people feel about it, so we can know what we should do. Because they keep on insisting about putting fence back. So I'm putting these things on the floor, what everybody thinks about it if it's available, if it's okay to mayor. Um, so I've talked to a couple of residents there. I think it looks great the way it is, just green space. Uh, those <laughs> houses are quite a bit further away than the houses on the west side from Reed Hartman Highway. It makes it much easier for our service department to cut the grass and they don't have to weed eat. Um, I just think it looks a lot more natural. I don't think there's any benefit from putting a fence there if it's just because the west side has it, we should have it on the east side. That doesn't hold water with me. So I am not a supporter of putting in a fence again. Katie? I ditto that because it's also a duplication of effort. A lot of those owners already have their own fences at their property lines. To put another fence there between that and the Reed Hartman, it's, it's not necessary. It's an unnecessary added expense. I don't think it would really add a lot of benefit. Um, so I agree. 
Yeah, I have to agree, and I think that there are some um, agreements with the very the, the two neighborhoods about you know about that matter. So I think that we it's best just to leave it alone. I agree with Mark. I, I like the way it looks better without it. Yeah, my initial thoughts would be similar to what pretty much every pretty much everyone else has said. Uh, it's I've said before. I think suburbs can sometimes be overfenced, and that was in, in my opinion that was one such example. It's looks better the way it is now and as as lee mentioned residents do have the option to put their own fences up if, if that's what they think is best um and just, last thing i'll say on it is i know i've been an outlier on this so i mean i'm not doing it to be saying it to be combative just a suggestion i think that there have been any number of times where council members have had ideas and maybe it's better to write a piece of legislation submit it get it in the packet and we can look at it ahead of time rather than things just getting brought up at the end of a meeting and we're already being asked to form an opinion on it. So I, I really think that, that we should look more at, at um, going through the, the proper legislative process on some of these. Now, maybe on something as simple as this, this exact issue, maybe it wasn't necessary, um, but we, we are the legislative branch. We're, it, it, there's nothing wrong with council members putting uh, putting forward legislation and then when the legislation is posted that also gives residents the heads up that we may be discussing it maybe they would have had an input as well so on this issue i'll say that that's my initial in uh inclination on it but since i only had a, a minute or two to, to ponder it I, I wouldn't be against further looking into it well um i understand what you're coming from and everything and i did discuss with uh, some of the administration people and some advice that I got from our council that, hey, instead of putting a resolution, let's just discuss now. So that's why I put today to make a discussion about the, but if anybody wants to put a legislation or put a resolution and talk about it at that time, I'm very happy to do that. Well, having our legislative having our counselor work up legislation that has no support it, it, it to me it doesn't make any sense so yeah, I, I think that I, that's I putting disagree. the cart before the horse we need to make sure that there's consensus at least to consider it before we yeah. go through the time and expense of developing legislation and that could be done through one-on-one -on -one conversations with people yeah this is a simple issue so i don't really don't think legislation is necessary i think we can talk this out real quickly like we just did so well, some of these things though wouldn't even be resolutions or ordinances they, they they're simple motions that could be done in as little as one paragraph when i've introduced for example my every two-year legislation to defund sister city it's a two-sentence piece of legislation so it's not everything uh, is has to be real complicated. Okay. <coughs> Anybody else got a comment on that one? What else you got? No, that's it. Thank you, sir. Okay, a couple just real quick things. The 9-11 stair climb and the police open house oh, were yeah. both fantastic successes. That. And I never want to miss an opportunity to thank all the first responders for, you know, dedicating their lives to taking care of us. So thank you much. One quick thing I did want to bring up, we have a little problem that Paul's dealing with, and, um, and I've heard from quite a bit about parking at the ICE building on, uh, and that's on Creek Road, and what's the cross street? Red? Okay, yeah. Um, they, but the, the bottom line is, and I don't know if you've heard it from any of your constituents, but I've had from a couple of mine that own businesses back there. 
um, the government pretty much changed the function of that facility, and now they're having a lot of people come there. They have no parking there. They literally have eight spots. So these people are parking in the street. They're parking on the grass. They're parking at the neighbors, the businesses next door. And the businesses do not want to tow these people, and that's like their only option. So hopefully we can get ICE to, or the landlord, to agree to put some parking in. If you're going to change the function of the building, then as we have parking in Blue Ash, it has to fit the function of the building. And if you need more than eight spots, tough luck, you got to put them in. So I don't know what we can do as a city other than, you know, cite them. I don't even know if that's possible, but it's just an issue. You may hear about it, and it is a real issue, and it's not going away. So, Mark, so, are they going to be there for the long term? I, I don't know that when they, when they moved into that building, it was function A, and now it's function B, C, and D. So they don't have like a waiting room inside hardly for anybody. So everybody has to wait outside in the cold, hot, doesn't matter, and there's no place to park. And if that's the function of the building is going to remain, I don't know what we can do, but I just wanted to make you guys aware that it is an issue. And I, I really appreciate that the businesses, you know, they are, they are avoiding towing the cars because that's what they could do, and they really don't want to. They don't want to put these people out and leave, leave them stranded in Blue Ash, and we don't really want them stranded in Blue Ash either. So They're coming from different cities, we think. It's not even that it's just a local thing anymore. They're having people do applications and come all the way down here to this facility, as far as I'm understanding. So, when we're it. saying ICE, we mean the federal agency yes. ICE. Yeah. Yes. What you mean? Not your ICE rank that you. Like. <laughs> not that one. Okay, we're going to move into executive session uh, for economic development assistance to consider confidential information related to the marketing plans, specific business strategy production techniques, trade secrets, or personal financial statements of an applicant for economic development assistance, or with respect to negotiations with other political subdivisions regarding requests for economic development assistance, and for property acquisition, to consider the purchase of property for public purposes or for the sale of property at competitive bidding if premature disclosure of information would give an unfair competitive or bargaining advantage to a person <coughs> whose personal private interest is adverse to the general public issue interest. Do I have a motion to move into executive session? A move. Second. Amy, please call the roll. Councilman Capel? Yes. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Vice Mayor Javeri? Oh, sorry. Yes. Councilwoman <laughs> Schneider? Yes. Mayor Serkin? Yes. Six yeses. Thank you, everybody.